Good evening, good evening, good evening. Well, uh, tonight we are continuing on in uh, the series called Two Parts of Life, and I want you to be ready to receive as well. Again, I will remind you uh, that the power of the Holy Spirit uh, is not limited to just when we start ministering. The power of the Holy Spirit in demonstration, Paul said, I come not just in convincing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration and power. In other words, when we preach the word, Jesus says he works with the word and he demonstrates that word. In other words, he brings about the truth and the power and the resurrection power of that word. So if the Holy Spirit starts moving on you, that will not surprise me. That, that doesn't surprise us. So I just uh, praise God. Uh, this series, The Two Parts of Life, it has totally changed me uh, in the way that we do ministry and it's just been such a blessing and I just want to review for just a second and let's turn to 1st John chapter 4 so the two parts of life continuing in it tonight we're talking about two parts of life receiving the two parts of life receiving okay so how do we receive in the two parts of life and let's look at uh, 1st John uh, chapter 4 and let's look at verse 19. And this is the key verse to the two parts of life. It says, we love because he first loved us. And if you'll look here at this verse and then follow me here. So we love because there was a part one. There was a first part. Because he first loved us. So right here is the two parts of life laid out in one in one sentence, okay? We love because he first loved us. Now, let's put the uh, graphic back up there and you'll be able to see we love part two because part one, he first loved us. In other words, were we able to love him? Were we able to love on him and other people correctly before we received part one? No, we have to receive part one. We have to receive part one. We have to receive part one before we can play our part in part two and love on God. And in loving on God, that means we love on ourselves. We love on family. We love on brothers and sisters in Christ. We love on the world. Why do we love on all of them? Because loving on God is loving on them. He said, look, if I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. You didn't just do that uh, to anybody. You did that to me. So our loving on the world is a part of us loving on God. And if we don't understand that, then we start. we miss the whole point. All right? But we have to understand that we're not going to love on God properly until we receive the love of God. So let me ask you this question. Is it possible to receive the love of God wrong? It's a good question because if our loving on God back, if, it, if it's based on receiving the love of God, then if it's possible for us to receive it wrong, then we might ought to ask that question, right? Let me ask it like this. This will, I think, clarify. Is it possible for us to not receive the fullness of God's love? Yes. Ah, there we go. So can we receive it wrong? Yes. 
Yeah, because we can re not receive the fullness of it. Correct? Right. So, and here's the other thing. Let me just go to this little tidbit. Uh, can we love on God wrong? Yeah. Can we be in the action of what we think is love, but yet be not even fulfilling the part of love? Yeah. Just think Cain and Abel's offering. Abel, Abel was given. Cain was given too. It wasn't what they gave. It was the heart of what they gave. It was what they brought, the heart that they brought it with, you see. Now, the heart of what they brought to God was manifested in what they gave, but it wasn't as much what they gave as it was the heart. So in other words, just like we can receive wrong, we can give wrong too. You know, I can tell you periods of time in our spiritual walk where, you know, giving tithes and offerings, man, we were giving stuff, but we didn't have anything. And I was going, golly, what in the world, what in the world is that? And the problem was neither one of us was giving right, not cheerfully. So we can give wrong, right? Well, the same thing is we can receive wrong. All right, now let's look at this again in uh, verse 8. It says, the one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So in other words, one of the things that we need to do is we need to back up and say, man, do we know God and do we know how to receive his love in the way that he wants us to receive his love? Because if I'm not receiving his love correctly, then that's going to hinder my loving back on him properly. Does that make sense? So now all of a sudden I might be out of whack, out of line. I might, I might have a heart of Cain thinking I'm doing good. Can you see that? So it's very important for us to first, before we even examine how we love on God, we need to examine are we receiving the love from God properly. Okay, so now let's look at this. Let's go uh, quickly over to uh, what we were talking about on Monday or Monday, Sunday morning in Mark chapter 11. And if you uh, weren't here for the class on Sunday morning, whoo, that's a good one. Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. Yeah, there we go. Remember what we talked about? my bottle? Throw me that bottle of water. We talked about warm Dr. Pepper and sour pickles. Amen. And we talked about when we receive something. When we receive something, we're supposed to... Thank you, Chris. <laughs> that, that was so much more colorful than where I was going. That was so awesome. And so when you receive something, like what we said is, if this is a million dollars, right? If this was a block of gold and it was worth a million dollars, you know, would you... Would you get up and shout before I gave it to you? Well, not necessarily. But if it was truly a million dollars and I was truly giving it to you, what would you do when you received it? <laughs> Woo! Run to the bank, run around the building, be, be undignified, right? And what would keep us from not, from what would keep us dignified? What would keep us dignified? 
pride, lack of trust, lack of belief. All right, so here in Mark 11, it says, Have the God kind of faith. You're created in the image of God. And it says, Have the God kind of faith. And so what it says here is, Truly, in verse 22, Jesus answered, saying to them, Have faith in God. And we know that this original language in today's language would be interpreted like this. Have the God kind of faith. In other words, I'm going to show you how God operates in faith and speaking. And if you will operate in the same way, you can have anything you ask for. And Jesus goes on to explain it and says, Truly, I say to you, whoever, say I'm a whoever. So then does this apply to you? It's nice to meet you, whoever. I'm looking forward to seeing the results. Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. It will be. This is not a question to God. This is Jesus talking. This is, it will be. There's no like if, if a coulda, woulda, shouldas. You know, this is, it shall be done. It will be done. And then he gives you some description here in verse 24. Therefore I say to you, all things, all things, all, amen, for which you pray and ask. Now we know from the verse before, these are things that we speak in faith. So when we pray and ask and speak out these things in faith, this is why you don't want to just say your prayers and it's all in your head. You're thinking it. It's not the way it works. Is that the way God did in the garden in Genesis chapter 1? You know? <laughs> Happen. No, that's not what God did. It says, and God said, and it was. And God said, and it was. Well, we're made in the image and likeness of God. We've got to get out of our head and start opening our mouth, Right? That's why prayer is so important. Yeah, that's good. That's joy, amen, joy. Therefore I say to you, all things which you pray and ask, believe that you are going to receive them. No, you have received them. In other words, I'm not believing that it's a coming day. See, I did this part for years. I went, I'm, I'm receiving I'm believing I'm receiving. And I kept pushing my faith off to another day. Faith is not in another day in the sweet by and by. Faith is believing that I have already received the thing that I'm praying, asking, and speaking over. That's what faith is. That's the faith of God. And if you're not doing that, then you're not in the faith of God. As soon as you do that, though, that thing is manifesting in your life. You might not see it right at the moment, but it is yours and manifesting. Right then. Right then. Heaven is moving on your behalf right then. The only reason it would stop is if you back off of it, and generally it sounds like this, well, I don't feel any better, or I don't see it, so it must not have happened. Well, see, if, you don't, if you're looking with your eyes to determine whether or not you received it, you weren't in faith in the first place. There was no faith released because if you believe I have received it, then the, what you would be saying is, well, I got it, but I'm going to give it back. Well, how many people say that when they're missing faith? Nobody. 
So what happened was they never believed in the first place. And you see that pretty clearly? Now, how many people have ever done that? Everybody. Everybody. So what you're believing for here is not, you know, let's say again, a million dollars worth of gold bar here in this little bottle. What you're believing for is not provision. You're not believing for provision. You're believing that you have received provision. So one of the big things that we said is, if you have truly received, how would you act? See, a lot of times what people are missing is the excitement and the expectation. And their excitement and expectation like this when they get prayed for. Sour pickles, thank you. Sour pickles, right? That's our new nickname. <laughs> What's up, sour pickles? And when, uh, when they believe, so they come up for prayer. Oh, Lord, I need your help. I just need your help, right? And if they believe that they have received it, which that's our responsibility as believers is to believe what God told us to believe, then it doesn't matter what they feel. It doesn't matter what they see. Thank you, God, I've received that. Praise God. Because if somebody, think about the lady who was healed after all those years, right? Think about that. Think about the, the excitement, the expression that comes out. Like the centurion. You just say the word. It'll be done. He was believing that he had received. And Jesus said, I've not seen so great a faith. You see? He, he's, why? Because he had believed that as soon as Jesus said the word, he had received. So a lot of times, see, we can tell what our faith is by what our response is when we pray. See, it, you know, amen. Amen. All right, sour pickles, come on. <laughs> pick it up. Pick it up a little bit. Get your faith up. Hey, you're receiving some stuff that's going to change your life. Amen. Amen. There you go. Come on. you got to get excited. Remember what I said about Brother Hagin. He said it's when you get excited about the Word that it works for you. Amen? All right. So now, all right, now let's go to... Where was, uh, oh, yes, 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 yes. Now let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 9. So how we respond is a very good indicator, a very good indicator of how we have believed. First Timothy chapter three. I was just I was just testing you. <laughs> Y'all don't have that chapter? You don't have that chapter? Dang. I looked up and they was like Huh? Just believe this. Get it, you'll get it there. You'll find it. <laughs> So our response, now think about this. How would you respond if you literally, physically received the thing that you're praying for? See, this is why 
this is, that's what I'm saying. Do you understand? This is why people aren't getting their prayers answered. Because their response in the spiritual is not matching what it would be in the physical. So what they, they don't have a connecting factor to actually receiving. They haven't believed that they have received. Because if they believed they had received, their response would tell it. So see, a lot of times when people come up from prayer, this, is, this goes along with what Pastor Amos was saying, the faith that people have in Africa. If, if they say, if the pastor says, before you walk out this door tonight, you will no longer have that sickness on your body. And so by the time they, they honor that, and by the time they walk up to the door to go out, they go, well, he said it, I'm dropping it right here because they believed they have received that word. And so by faith, they're like, he said it. And they put faith in that word that man of God over in Acts talks about. If a man is operating in love and the power of God, what he says, you can esteem it like it's God's words. Because that's God speaking through that anointed person in an anointed moment designed just for you to bring an anointed word. And then you can say, I take that as the word of God. He said I wasn't walking out, out that door with this on. And so they get to the door and they say, well, this isn't mine. I'll see you all later. And they walk out healed because they honor that word. See, how we respond has everything to do with us receiving. And seeing the manifestation. So a lot of times people come up to get prayer and they're like, well, we're just praying another Sunday. I know I might even fall back to make pastor feel good. <laughs> Not expecting anything. Expecting nothing. Right? Chris like, I ain't amen in that. Amen. That's good. But you, you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> That's all right. See, if we really believe this and we get to the place of reception, when we walk up here and when the hands are laid on us, we just received and we will act like we just received no matter what we feel. Because this is the plan of God in motion in your life. All right, now, let's look here at 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 9. It says, it's talking about deacons in verse 8. And so it says in verse 9, and it gives us a clue to something about faith. But holding to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. With a clear conscience. Okay? With a clear conscience. So in other words, our conscience or our faith is moved by our conscience. There's a thing called sin consciousness. Okay, you find it in the full counsel of the word. You see that conscious, your conscience has a lot to do with it. Let's turn, flip to chapter 4 and verse 1 and 2. And it says in verse 1, But the Spirit explicitly says that in later times some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits, and doctrines of demons. By means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron. So here again you see the conscience coming up and playing a part in our faith. 
So now when I'm believing that I have received, right, but my conscience is defiled, my faith is affected. And so all of a sudden I'm not receiving correctly. And let me just give you a couple other verses. Let's go to uh, Hebrews 10, 22. Hebrews 10.22 says, and this is talking about a high priest of Jesus, since we have, in verse 21, since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart, now watch this, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he, is, he who promised is faithful. So what we see right here is the way to clean our conscience. We turn our conscience over to Jesus. Jesus helps us keep that conscience clean. How does he do that? He does that by his own righteousness. The two parts of life that we've been talking about is all about the righteousness of Christ and the fact that we are now, as Christians, the righteousness of God in Christ. All right? But it also says, uh, there's, it shows us there, that there, in between verse 22 and 23, that there is a connection between, so we've been talking about there's hope, there is a connection between our conscience and our hope. So you see how if our conscience defiles our hope, then our hope is defiled. Faith has nothing to support. Now our manifestation is gone. That's what we've been talking about in the There's Hope series. So our conscience is directly tied there. So we can walk by our conscience and we can get all messed up. But we're supposed to be a people that keeps our conscience correct. Uh, there's a first, I think it's first John 3, 3.20 maybe. It says, in whatever our heart condemns us, for God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And, we, and whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do the things that are pleasing in His sight. So in other words, our works should line up to keep a clean conscience. Our works should line up there. In other words, if we're constantly believing God for stuff and we're saying, oh yeah, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, but then we go out and we do stuff that defiles our conscience, our conscience is going to be playing against our faith. It's going to be playing against our hope. So, and there's a verse, I was, um, do, 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 do. I had it well ago. Uh, uh, 
I'll find it later. But basically, there's a verse that, that says, you should not be living with a defiled conscience because you should be doing the works that produce a good conscience. So in other words, if I'm trying to believe God, but every time I walk out these doors, I'm doing things that defiles my conscience, this is not a good plan. <laughs> this is a plan that's going to backfire on me. Right? This is a plan where I go up for prayer and my faith is not going to work. My hope is not going to work. And then I'm going to wonder, why can't I get my prayers answered? Why can't I get some results? And it's because our conscience is defiled. Because as much as we say we love God and we believe God, our conscience is defiling us. All right? So these are things that we know to be changing and our heart is telling us it, you know, that's not right. But you have to remember this too, that the Holy Spirit, when you're born again, it has changed your heart, changed your spirit, man. So it's constantly trying to talk to you and tell you what is God and what's not. Constantly. So if we're, he's saying this is God and this is not and we keep taking the this is not path, then we're going to eventually find out something's not wrong, something's not right. And here's one of the indicators and symptoms that something's off in your conscience. My prayers don't work. If I keep praying, 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 and something's not right, then my, there, that's an indicator that I've got something in here that needs fixing. Anybody ever been there before besides me? A whole lot? I've been there a lot. Something in here needs fixing. Either I know that I'm doing something wrong and I keep doing it or there's something my spirit is saying don't do and my conscience is seared to his speaking because I've hardened my heart, I've become biased, but I've seared my own conscience and now the Holy Spirit is not even able to get the message through. And that comes through mostly because we have a bias. We think uh, generally pridefully, honestly, we think we know what we're talking about. But thank goodness we don't know what we're talking about because if we did know what we were talking about and we were in this big of a mess, we'd really be in a big mess because there'd be no solving it. But God does know what he's talking about and he's helping us to correct us. He's helping to change us and exhort us and lift us to new heights. But only the person who is humble is able to get those things opened up and move to new levels. Does that make sense? But now here's the thing. Let's look at the two parts of life. So if we, let's go back now, and we can look at the two parts of life and say, I can give or love on God wrong or partially, and God, I can receive love incorrectly. So most of the time when I'm counseling somebody or I'm trying to help dig them out of a hole, whether they put themselves there or not, but we're trying to get out of that hole, most of the time up till this point, and in the majority of the church that I've seen, what they immediately do is they, they immediately go over their life and they look at everything and they go, mm-mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, oh, mm, that one's wrong, mm. Yeah. Oh, this one's wrong. Mm-mm. Oh, that one's wrong. Oh, you got this one right. That's good. And then this one's wrong. You know, and they just, we go down the list. And we try to fix the person by going down the list. Well, that's handling part two before you handle part one. 
And so that's not going to work. That's what the whole series is about, is the fact that we have to receive first. So what we started doing as a ministry is this, is, all right, so you messed up. So you're a mess, right? Okay. So you need some help, me included. So we need help. We need help. Okay. Thank God there was somebody who didn't care that we needed help when he decided to leave heaven and give us that kind of help. We have a great high priest who didn't care what condition we were in. He just wanted to help us. He just wanted to help us. And so he goes to part two and says, don't worry about part two at the moment. That will come. You will love as you receive my love. Right? As you receive my love, now you'll be able to fix the list and be empowered to fix the list and then love me back in the right way. So focus on part one. Focus on receiving. Focus on that. Now watch this. Okay, can anybody accept that? Anybody accept that kind of love? But what if your conscience is defiled? How's your receiving going to be? You see that faith to receive is still affected by your conscience. And so here's what we do. We will go to God, Lord, I need your help. And, and eventually we come to the place where I need your help, you know, because you go to a church that teaches these things, that you realize what I really need is not for me to correct my list first. What I need is to receive from God. You know, we're getting that. We're, we're starting to understand that here, right? I need to receive his love. That will empower me to change my list and get my life where it needs to be. But I'm having a hard time receiving now. I'm having, and what are we receiving? We're receiving on the basis of the righteousness of God in Christ, right? That's what we're receiving on. But I'm having a hard time receiving the love from God because my conscience is defiled. And so now I'm at a, I'm at a stumbling block here because my part two has been all messed up and I can't get part one because my part two, my, my doing, my conscience is defiled and it's been all messed up. And so when I go to believe, I'm just having a hard time even receiving. And all of a sudden now what I've received is condemnation for not living right and I can't even receive the part one that will set me free. Can you see the rock in the hard place there? So it's not really a rock in a hard place at all. It's actually just a deception. Because when God looks at you and says, receive my love, all he's saying is this. I don't see your part two. I don't see your history. I don't see your sin. He says, I see the end from the beginning. I see you as 100% whole your sins as far away from, from your righteousness as the east is from the west. They're blotted out. They are no longer. I don't even know what you're talking about. But see, we've accepted 
that we still have a past and the devil keeps reminding us and reminds us of the wrong things we've done no matter how big or how small they are. And so when we go to receive, now listen to this, here's the determining statement. When we go to receive, we're still trying to receive based off of our righteousness whose value is filthy rags. Instead of looking at Jesus and say, I'm receiving right now, part one, I'm receiving God's love to me based off of your righteousness. And now I receive his love and it empowers me to change how I love him back. It is. So, see, what we need to do when we start receiving from God, we're not talking about what you did to get yourself hurt, and that's why you're sitting up here healing. We're not talking about what you did to get yourself in the hole. We're not talking about your history and your past. We're not talking about your conscience being defiled. We're talking about where was the conscience of Christ? Now, I'm not saying that you need to keep on doing the same things that defiles your conscience, but in order to get that fixed, you got to start focusing on the righteousness of God in Christ first and receive that way, and then that will empower you to move in. Amen? Do you see that? So right now, I want you to think about what is it in your life that you need to receive? What is it in your life that you need? Is it finances? Is it healing? Is it empowerment? Is it bondages being broken off? And then, then what I want you to do, uh, is, it, is it deliverance? Is it protection? Anybody uh, in, you know, either here or watching, is there anybody that the devil just keeps telling you how bad stuff is going to happen and trying to get you in fear of the bad stuff that's about to happen, giving you uh, nightmares and dreams and stuff like that about all this horrific stuff that the devil's got planned? You need deliverance from that? You need some peace? You need some protection? Or, or maybe just your situation you've been going through, it's never going to end. Maybe that's the way he's talking to you. It's never going to end. You're never going to come out of it. I've got you forever is how he'll talk to you. I don't, I don't know how the devil's been trying to talk to you or your flesh has been trying to talk to you. But what you need, no matter what that is, you need the healing of God. You need the deliverance of our loving Father. You need the provision of an almighty provider. You need the protection of a God where you are hidden beneath his wings. The devil can't even find you. Can't even find you. You need the salvation that will manifest itself in every area of your life. So right now I want you to just just close your eyes for a second and think about that thing that you need the love of God, part one. You need it to manifest in your life. And then right now, here's what I want you to think about. I want you to think about the part two that you have gotten wrong, that the devil keeps reminding you about. Well, you ain't been listening here. You ain't been doing this. You ain't done that. You did this. Should have never done it. I want you to think about all that stuff. And then I want you to take, because listen, there's one person that's been giving you all those thoughts, and it ain't God. There's one accuser of the brethren, and that's the devil. 
And I want you to tell him to take him and all his condemnation and go back to hell where it belongs. Those accusations do not fly because if you know Jesus Christ, there is no more accusation that can be found against you. It doesn't mean that there's not conviction of the Holy Spirit to lead you to the holiness of God. The grace of God leads you to holy living. It leads you to a place where your conscience no longer defiles you because you're not living that way anymore. That's where the grace of God takes you and empowers you to live that way. So right now I want you to think, you know what? I'm going to receive right now. I'm going to receive my healing. I'm going to receive my restoration. I'm going to receive deliverance. I'm going to receive provision. And I'm going to receive it right now. Because of everything I've done? No, 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 no. I'm not believing that I'm receiving based on what I've done. I'm believing that I'm receiving and I have received. Make that transfer right now. I'm believing that I have received that provision and that healing on the righteousness of God that was in Christ and still is in Him today. And so, Father, I forget all that stuff behind and I simply grab a hold of the righteousness of Jesus Christ and everything it provided me. And right now, just say this. Just say, Father, on the basis of the righteousness of Jesus Christ, I receive your love. And then you, you speak out what area you want to receive that in right now. I receive your love. Lord, we receive your love right now. We receive your love. Thank you, Father.